What's up everyone? Welcome to Drummer's Perspective. My name is Ben Todd and I'm here to help broaden your scope of what's possible as a drummer. Thanks so much for tuning in today, whether you're watching here on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast. I really appreciate you wherever you're coming in from. If you are here on YouTube though, please subscribe to the channel. That really does help me out and it lets you know next time I got a video coming out. Now today I had the great privilege of chatting with the amazing drummer Brendan Tan. Now if you don't know Brendan, he's played with such an amazing variety of artists on the Australian touring scene. Uh, most notably, he's been touring recently with Tones and I all over the place. Uh, but what I really wanted to speak with Brendan about today was his most recent gig, which was being a part of a house band for the ABC TV New Year's Eve broadcast. Now if you're one of the millions of people that tuned in to watch that performance, I think you'll agree that Brendan absolutely smashed that gig out of the park. There was just so much versatility in that night, so many different artists, over 30 songs to learn, they're working with clicks and tracks and electronics and Brendan absolutely smashed it out of the park. I was really inspired to, to see him play that gig. Now, in this chat, I speak with Brendan about exactly how that gig came up for him, what his personal preparation was like for the gig, what the rehearsal process was like, and then exactly how the show ran down on the day and some of the details that were involved with that. So that's enough talking for now. Thanks again for tuning in. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Brendan Tan. Before we jump into today's conversation, I wanna offer you a free gift, and today that's my seven ways to attract more work as a drummer PDF guide. If you feel like you're working on all the right stuff, you're seeing improvement in your playing, perhaps you're actually quite established in your local music scene, but still you're not working just as much as you would like to, then this guide is perfect for you. Here I offer you seven ways to reapproach your development and your progression as a drummer and offer you a fresh perspective on some things you might be able to change in your development to hopefully bring in a little bit more work. The best thing about this guide is that only one of the tactics involves picking up a pair of drumsticks at all. So if you're feeling a little stuck, frustrated and tired of not being able to be out there working and playing more, then please head to drummersperspective.com slash seven ways and grab that free downloadable PDF guide right now. Brendan Tan, thanks so much, man, for jumping on today to be part of the Drummers Perspective podcast. Uh, I've been a huge fan of your playing for, for a long time. So yeah, man, I'm super happy and, and super thankful for you for, for doing this today. Well, good. Thanks for having us. Uh, of course, man. Of course. Um, so, uh, you know, like I said, I've been a big fan of you, but for anyone who, who doesn't know you or you're playing, like I know you've played with a bunch of different artists uh, already in your career, but maybe just give us a, a brief rundown of who you are and how you got started and then and, and who you're playing with like at the moment. Uh, yeah, so I started pretty young, probably like five or six-ish when I started and I started playing like through church. Mm -hmm. um, Grew up playing at church. I think that's how like I got good, is because I was just <laughs> playing <laughs> sure. at, youth, at youth group and on Sundays and whatnot. And then um, yeah, I guess did the church band thing for a while. Toured with my church band for a while. Um, probably up to like the last. Probably stopped touring with them like three, four years ago now. And so then after that. Um, I guess right now, what I've done for the last two years is mainly with Tones and I. So just touring with her, um, I guess when she has shows and when she's doing tours. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who else have I played with? I played with uh, Sam Fisher recently, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, pop trio from Sydney called Glades, who doing some cool stuff. Um, I don't think of who else. 
played with a girl called Evie Irie a few years back. She did cool. the Amy Shark support, which was cool. Amazing. Um, yeah, kind of just play yeah. for whoever. <laughs> There's a lot there, yeah. So you're based in Sydney, right? Yeah, based in Sydney. Yep, cool. Cool, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's there's a huge list already, and and some incredible gigs. And um, yeah, I highly suggest anyone who who doesn't know Brendan to, to go and check him out uh, online. And some great footage there um, already. And um, yeah, but like, what I would love to like chat to you about today is um, your your recent gig on ABC New Year's Eve. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, which was yeah, amazing. Um, uh, if you were one of the what, just under a million people that that tuned in to watch that show, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was like a, if you any drummer out there would have been like, I don't know, super impressed. I was super impressed with with um, with yeah the way you played that gig. It absolutely killed it, and like. Yeah, it demanded like so much versatility and like learning a huge amount of material and like all live to air and yeah, it was really cool, man. So um, yeah, I was just really um, curious about that gig and I think a lot of other drummers out there would be, you know, sitting at home watching that kind of thing, thinking like, you know, how did that happen for you? Like how, how did that gig come about? And um, yeah. and yeah, yeah, let's just maybe start there. Yeah, so um, friends with a guy called Joel Farlin, who you obviously know mm-hmm. and on the podcast, yeah. and he's like a music director, music coordinator um, based in Sydney. And so he actually hit me up to do that gig. So the this is the second time I did it. The first time was last year. And it is, it's like, <laughs> it's a bit stressful, <laughs> to be honest, because you're learning like 30 to 34 songs. Mm. Um, and I think the only thing that made me less stressed this year was knowing that last year I got through it by the time I needed to play all the songs. Right. But last <laughs> year, awesome. the stress levels were very high because we have about, uh, there's probably about five or six days of rehearsals altogether. And um, sometimes the lead up time, I feel like the songs isn't that long. Um, this year was pretty good. I think they gave us like four weeks of like a rough set. But even then, like, a week out some of the artists change so there's always like new songs that are going to come in like last minute that you're just trying wow. to get stuff off yeah. um, but for the most part um this year i think i did pretty good there's only off the top of my head i know there's two mistakes i made <laughs> oh <laughs> man like, more mistakes not like train wrecks but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in harry connick jr set i made two mistakes and it's kind of funny one of them is like we did whisper your name, which I should know off the back. Like I should just know. But in the rehearsal, I never made a mistake. And then on the day in the rehearsal, he's like, "I did a cut," but he was like playing. He's like, "Oh, there's no cut there." And I was like, "Oh yeah, of course, there's no cut there." Uh, and then on the night, the same thing happened, and I was like, "Ah." Oh, <laughs> man. But apart That's from that, tiny stuff. Yeah. yeah apart from that, it's I, cool smooth. Yeah, <clears> yeah. I mean, like, I think we're all kind of guilty of that. Like over self-analysis you know post, <laughs> but like taking into account everything that that gig uh, demanded like that's you know that's pretty minor stuff but um yeah i was curious have you had you played with any of those artists before or is it all first time uh actually haven't i played oh uh, i know grant perez but i haven't played with him i just know a lot of his crew i played with a lot of his band and his crew mm-hmm. um and then i mean from last year i played with casey donovan before 
same thing. Like I know a lot of like I know Jess's band. I know like I know a lot of the band, but I actually don't think I've sat with a lot of the artists that were on this year. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a, a whole other thing in itself. Like jumping into a gig like that um, without having played with you know the artist before like it's one mm. thing if you're getting up and doing a gig like that where you know you're in a band and you know uh <laughs> the guys in it and and you're comfortable with it but like when it's just like back to back like fresh people like that <laughs> a, brings a whole other level of you know yeah, um, yeah. yeah anxiety to it i guess but um yeah you mentioned before briefly about the 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 timeline of it i, I want to yeah go into a bit more detail about that so like how long ago did you like get the music or the set list? Like what was the first kind of um, interaction you had about, you know, what you might be playing? Yeah. So I think probably I'd say it's about four weeks before New Year's. We got like a spreadsheet that had all the artists and roughly what songs they were going to do. Obviously there were some blanks with like TVCs. <laughs> sure. But pretty much as soon as we got that, the first thing I do is I just make like a Spotify playlist with all oh. this tracks and then i just start listening to it because it's like just even if i'm not like mentally taking specific notes about like there's a cut here or like there's a half bar here whatever it's like i'm just getting to know the songs um mm. but i don't know i mean luckily enough some of the songs are like dancing either way like the barbie theme song there's going to be songs like that where i'm sure everyone already knows that helps because mm-hmm. it's like roughly you'd already know what the structure is um, but that's, yeah, my first thing that I'll do is like make the playlist and then like whenever I'm like driving or on transport or whatever, I just chuck my headphones in and just start <laughs> listening. Smashing it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. all that stuff, like it, yeah, it, it's just more beneficial later on when, you know, it's just a little bit more ingrained in the muscle memory, even if it's not like a, a conscious, like learning it. Yeah, 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 doing yeah. It, just kind of letting it soak in. Get it into the system somehow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then, uh, so you get the spreadsheet and then like, did you get any kind of um, reference of like, you know, this is going to be like the, the recording or did you get a heads up like we're going to be changing this arrangement or like how did that kind yeah, of yeah, conversation yeah. work? Yeah, obviously because there's so many different artists, it's kind of 50-50. It's like mm. some tracks are like, yeah, this is going to be exactly like the record. Other tracks are like, don't, they're like specifically will say like, don't learn anything yet because it's going to change. So sure. it's getting like, I guess if you get the playlist going, it's like you kind of get familiar with the melodies, even if the arrangement or the structure will change slightly. It's like you're roughly in the ballpark, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's also a few weeks before rehearsals, they start sending charts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can read because I've like, I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself a great reader. <laughs> sure, sure. I feel yeah. like you'd be a good reader. <laughs> yeah. well, I've done a bit, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, this is good to know, man. Like for, yeah. for this kind of gig, it was something I was going to ask about, whether it was like all charted or whether yeah. a lot of it was on you. So they have charts, but it's not like, it's not like drum notated charts. It's more like a general, like just a lead sheet like, thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, sheet chart, mm. which is still very helpful, especially like when there's so many songs, like, mm. I think it's almost too hard because personally I like from previous gigs, I'll just try to do everything by memory. Mm-hmm. But when it's such a short period and there's not enough rehearsals, I almost feel like you do need to rely on, if not the chart, some sort of note. Sure. Just on things. Cause I think, yeah, like even, yeah, <laughs> even with having the chart there, I still miss a couple of little things. So it's just like, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. 
I mean, that's that's it. Like you're you're in the the moment, and I'd imagine so much is kind of going on, <laughs> like to distract you. But yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, cool. So you you start getting charts, and then like when when did rehearsals start, and and what was what was that like? What was the day rehearsal look like? So this yeah this this time we did it. The first rehearsal was on the eighteenth. So we did a day on the eighteenth and the nineteenth, and that was just the band. Mm. and um yeah obviously no seeing this is just us going through uh actually a lot of it is programming to be honest like making mm. sure everyone gets their sounds right it's c- quite easier for me because obviously with the electronics joel will have samples ready mm. so he'll just airdrop me or give me a dropbox link and i'll just upload the samples to the spd mm-hmm. uh, so programming's not too hard on my side i'm not actually like having to like <laughs> create like, a clap or whatever mm, yeah uh, and then yeah so then it's going through slowly going through the songs with the band so the structure is kind of like program for everyone for the song get all the sound set and then it's like run the song a couple times mm. so we did two days of that with just the band and then i think after boxing day like the 27th 27th we did one more day with just the band same similar structure it's like mm-hmm. programming run each song a couple of times mm. and then from the 28th to the 30th oh uh, yeah 20th 28 29th is two days of like the artist slowly coming in mm-hmm. and so like they half the artist so half the artists will come in on one day the other half on the next day mm-hmm. and then the 30th is like the final full uh run like run down at the opera house if that makes sense yeah 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 okay Cool, cool. So that's that's interesting. That like, I mean, it obviously makes sense that like so much time is dedicated to programming the sounds because like mm. you know, obviously listening to the 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 gig, like the sounds are you know legit. Like it's not like you're just trying to you know uh, you know uh, like some kind of half a hearted attempt at getting something like <laughs> they're either taken from you know like Joel would have I'm sure you know sourced everything and then like yeah. the keys players and guitar players you know would have. Uh, you know spent that time in rehearsal dialing it in um but yeah that's that's very cool and so like when the uh when the singers started to come in was it uh all um did anything change like arrangement wise like was anything were they like ah yeah we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do that like we're gonna extend this whatever arrangement wise it's pretty locked the only thing that where it changed was someone like um Someone that's hard to rehearse for, like Harry Connick Jr., because he doesn't use tracks. He's all live, and he sent he sent a chart like of the songs that he wanted to do, mm. but like we didn't really run them because it's like it's all live. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that was a bit more, I would say, more high pressure because he he came in and he's like, all right, let's just want run this, and like do, like doesn't give any notes. And he like counts, he just counts it in and we're like, all right, well, we're like straight into it. Like just gets yeah. into it once. And then after running it once, he'll stand up and start walking around the room and just go up to each person and be like, like he came up to me. He's like, how are you playing that shuffle? I played it on the right. And he's like, oh, I reckon we just like play on the hats, keep it like nice mm-hmm. and tight. And he'll do that with everyone. He'll just walk yeah, around wow. and be like, how are you guys playing these hits here? So that's kind of like something that's like, yeah, you don't really get to, prepare for yeah man sure that's really interesting wow i mean like what a contrast to some of the other like artists (laughs) that you played with that night where it was so like on the grid locked just like playing the part down and yeah Yeah. 
How cool. So yeah, I was going to ask that, uh, like, it was everything to click, but I guess not for that, for mm. that particular. Um, yeah. Most, most yeah. of the stuff was to click is his set was all live. Mm. And then um, Angie McMahon, who kind of has like that indie rock, uh, I don't know, war on drugs kind of band feely type. That was all live as well. So those two artists, it was more just like, let's get on oh, the Mark Seymour was also live. Yeah, um, cool. With the live artists, it's more like let's just wait till they're in the room and then we can like get a feel because it's kind of hard to scope it out out with vocal when it's live. I think. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this I mean, this is very like super interesting stuff. Um, but like when you did that uh, big day of rehearsal, like uh, on the thirtieth, I think you you said was that mm. just pretty much doing the same thing as you did in the rehearsal studio, but like on stage, you know, getting yeah. the the levels right, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And they try to, um, they pretty much try to recreate how it's going to feel on, uh, on the night on years. So like there's the production and the stage manager and they're calling like the counting down in the comms, like every song has a countdown. And then Trish who's on playback is like timing the countdown. to like, if he's, he's counting down from like 10 and she'll fire the track when he gets to like, I don't know, five or four. So it like, it's like zero. It's yeah, like, great. So that's kind of, um, it's definitely good to do it. Cause like, you don't realize how quickly it comes. Cause they try sure. to block out the artists, um, songs, everything. So tightly timed yeah. that they just like <laughs> churn through it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's it. So for anyone who, like who hasn't done a gig like that before, um, just maybe explain like yeah who you've got in your ears like it for those kind of things so you've got uh yeah. you've got like the, the the track and the click and a count in i guess and do you have like the, the countdowns like stage management countdowns or? Yeah. yeah 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 so track click and then obviously cues but then at the same time like trish who's on tracks has a mic yeah the stage managers in your ears obviously you have uh the in john on in ears on monitors is like in everyone's ears and then you've got Joel, who's the music director. He's got a mic and he's everyone's ears. So there's a lot of there's a lot of comms going on. Wow. Uh, All right. So but yeah, what 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 kind of stuff would be being communicated from, like, say, Joel or, or Trish, like during the show? Anything, or is it more like in rehearsal process? Definitely, almost every song in rehearsal, Joel is going to be on the mic. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, once we get going, it's like he's like he's nowhere to be seen. Like he won't yeah. chime in because it's like we kind of get to the point where it's like, if yeah, it should all run smoothly. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like yeah. giving notes. Is that like yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind Throughout. of thing? Yeah. yeah pretty much sure. like pretty much until we go, he's always like giving notes to everyone on stage. Pretty much. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. Wow. Um, okay. So so you do the full run on the the 30th and then like you get to the show day like what what does that look like like what what time are you coming in are you doing any rehearsal that day or is it pretty much like you walk on and, and do the gig yeah show day we do we do another sound check i think we call time was like 2 30 2 o'clock 2 30 mm-hmm. we do sound check again just to obviously make sure all the lines are still good from the night before mm-hmm. and then i think we got like we got a short period of time with each artist mm-hmm. um but it wasn't like a proper run by that day it was kind of like yeah just make sure everyone's like gears work and gears yeah. Up and yeah 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 uh, cool yeah wow okay and then so like once once the show 
goes like it's it's going like um i mean did everything run smooth like from your from your point of view like in terms yeah. of like just the show itself <laughs> yeah i think the show itself yeah it was good there wasn't actually too many i don't know if there were any doubts it was quite close to obviously not perfect but like everything pretty much went how it should have went yeah. um yeah i know even they had like the day after joe was sending through like from abc is quite good feedback like they had um, almost, I think they were like 200,000 viewers short of a record. I think they hit like 3.8 million views. Wow. So it was like good statistics and all that kind of stuff. And everyone was really happy. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think it was, yeah. That's amazing. Cool. That's really like super interesting stuff. I know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of drummers out there would find that you know whole process you know myself included like really really fascinating so it's it's cool to hear from from your point of view like someone who's actually done it and done it so recently as well mm. like uh yeah very very cool man um so uh you know with a scale of a gig like that and you've done other gigs that you know super high pressure stuff mm. do you um do you still find time to enjoy it like yeah, i mean <laughs> from from last year it sounds like it's a bit more of an enjoyable experience um, yeah you know, having that, uh, that reliability of having done it before, but like, yeah. yeah did, did you have fun on the gig or did you time, have time to like take it all in at, yeah, at some think, point? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things. It's like, obviously the more comfortable you are with the set, the more you can like try and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I knew from where I was at, I think I was like, I think roughly about halfway through the set, I'll start enjoying it. Cause yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like as soon as you play a song it's like you're good you don't have to like yeah worry about it memory bank so i knew for me it was like halfway through the set i knew i'd like start to like enjoy it more than just being like need to make sure i'm doing my job (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah yeah um cool man so i guess like now um You've done so, so just going back a little bit, like when you, you do this kind of show or any show with any artist, really, and you're learning mm. the material, you yeah. make the playlist, and then what's your like personal preparation look like on a, on a playing level? Like, are you dedicating like a certain amount of hours a day to like you know, uh, listen and then play? And then, kind of, um, do you do any like I don't know, emulation of like what the gig might be like in terms of like running them in order or anything like that yeah, yeah, or is yeah. it just yeah um yeah obviously yeah listening such a big one also because i think like on a lot of gigs um some reason like sometimes you only get to listen to it you might not actually get to sit down um <laughs> and have a hit before you get there yeah um, this one like it's actually funny because like the four week lead up time is huge and i was like oh so much time but for some reason, like you don't start when as early as you can. It's like, yeah. It's gonna, it's somehow, for some reason, it just gets left to like, I don't know, there's two weeks out and you're like, all right, we're going to start crunching down. Um, yeah, but sure. yeah, I guess I'm lucky enough to have this like studio space. So like I'd come in here and yeah, I'd just sit with the playlist. I literally um, just go from the top and just run the whole thing. Just like, mm. even if I'm not playing the whole time, I'm just like grooving along and just roughly getting like the map out of each song and structure mm-hmm. and then what i do is that if there's something weird uh for example like uh in some of the angie mcmahon songs there's like tempo changes in the same song and there's like half bars and all that kind of stuff those are the songs where i'm like okay i probably need to spend a bit more time either taking notes or running the song two or three more times than the others just to like kind of get that structure in my head 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, man. Okay, that, that's that's interesting. And did anything um, surprise you, like on a playing level? Like you you were working on stuff at home, and then once you got into like the rehearsal period with the band or or with Joel or the artist, did you get notes? Or like, oh, okay, that's not mm. how I was working on it, or, or was it pretty much as you as you were practicing? Uh, parts wise, is quite close, quite similar. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing for me, I don't know if this will be funny or not, but I usually am a big fan of hitting rim shots mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and rim shots. But a big thing was Joel being like, "Oh, that's not rim shot unless we have to." Okay. Um, I think tone tonally, it's probably just more consistent. Um, mm. The sound guys with the light sure. that stuff. So there's only like only a few songs on the night I actually hit rim shots where usually in my playing like if no one's saying anything i'm just gonna hit a rim shot <laughs> by default yeah yeah that's super interesting because I, th- I think that's the kind of thing that um that, that some drummers wouldn't really like consider you know like it's more that kind of stuff is sometimes like just muscle memory for players oh yeah like, yeah as it is like it's a default i always play a rim shot i always play the right this way you know yeah. but um taking a step back from like yeah producer kind of uh, mixing engineer point of view and it's like actually it's not like the best that's not going to get the best result not going to get the best of sound you know yeah that's that's cool yeah it's it's um something that's not yeah kind of taught as much but um so yeah. say like you know someone was watching you do that gig and you know is playing in high school or, or, or uni or whatever and it's like i want to mm-hmm. do that i want to do stuff like on that scale like mm-hmm. you know those big tv gigs or, t- or or you know even your touring stuff like what would you say is is uh, some, some good advice of to, to drummers who are already playing but want to kind of go, get to that kind of next level of, of uh, yeah I think the, a really big thing is listening uh, listening to music it sounds mm-hmm. funny but just making sure like you're listening and try I like to um, try listen to everything um, obviously there's genres that like I naturally would gravitate towards that I would personally like but if you can kind of keep an open mind you listen to everything then it'll help a lot because like especially with like even the new year's gig it's like there's so many different artists like mm. jazz guy you have the pop <laughs> you have yeah, the rock yeah. so it's like if you don't yeah if you haven't like opened your mind to like listening to a few things it's like you're kind of going to be out of your pocket um mm. me, like i did like growing up obviously went through all like the jazz drum books but i wouldn't see myself as a jazz drum player mm. but like obviously like have done enough work, I guess, to be able to yeah. <laughs> do those songs. So yeah, it's like, sure. yeah, that's definitely a big thing just to make sure you're like, I guess, versatile or as versatile as you can be. It definitely helps. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. you're listening and then, yeah, making sure you're playing along with a little bit of each genre, I guess. Mm-hmm. Helps yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay, cool. And then like in terms of, um, like uh, putting yourself out there to to meet new people or get connected with people that might you know uh, you know be in that scene or that world. Did you did you do anything you know in your career uh, development to like meet certain people to get to that you know next next level? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I guess from what I've learned, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a combination of things. It's like you have to. Obviously, you have to be able to play, mm. but then like, the whole other aspect is like um, you need to, uh, I guess, be a good friend and a good person. Because <laughs> sure. when you think of that, like with touring, like it sounds funny, but with touring, it's like 
you only spend an hour, an hour and a half max on stage a night yeah. or every two or three nights. So it's like you've got another two or three days where you're like hanging out with people. So it's like, to be honest, like in that setting, like people just want to be around people that they want to hang out with. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. Cool, a good hang. Yeah. It's such I a good that, hang. Yeah. Something that I don't know if it gets overlooked a lot, but for me, like with people I've worked with and I've played for, first and foremost, it's like you're getting along with the camp or the people in that group is a massive thing because it's like, mm. You might be the best player, but if you like, people don't want to hang out with you. It's like they're not going to want to deal with you. with you. Yeah, I think two things go hand in hand. It's like making sure your ability is good and you've practiced and you can play. But then at the same time, it's like making sure uh, you can get along with people and you're a nice guy and all that kind of stuff. Oh gosh, that's huge. That is just huge because yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a. I'm sure, yeah, you've, you've been in situations before where, yeah, that someone can play, but they're not such a great hang or, you know, they're annoying or whatever. And it's like, I'd kind of rather like play with someone who's maybe not as technically good, but like, yeah, exactly. it's still, you know, a, a great person. If you're going to be spending, yeah, hours with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. So mm. that kind of ties on from the, it's kind of ties on from the last question, but like, what do you think, um, doing the kind of work you're doing now, like what, what do you think like some really important skills are for drummers, like aside from playing mm-hmm. um, to, to do the kind of work you're doing now? Like, uh, I mean, in terms of like programming sounds and, and reading charts and playing with tracks and that kind of thing, like, is there anything in particular that you think um, maybe younger drummers should be conscious of when they're, when they're coming up, yeah. if they want to get into this kind of world? Hmm. I think drumming's changed a lot in the last like 10, 15 years. I think you'd probably mm. say the same. Mm. Just because of like this, the landscape of music changing cons- constantly, I think now it's like, I feel like back, I don't know, this could be wrong, but I feel like back in the day, it may have been easier to purely just be a drummer. I think because the landscape has changed so much now, it's like you kind of need to be doing a bit more than just drums. Mm-hmm. I, I was, and I find it very hard to, if I was to just play drums, I feel like it'd be quite hard to make a living out of music. Yeah. Um, so I think getting into like, yeah, learning how to like program or even like producing. So like being able to engineer like Pro Tools, mm-hmm. Ableton, Logic, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Learning how to run tracks is another big thing. It's like if you can run tracks, like because so many artists now, I feel like more artists now will use tracks than not. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that stuff, I think, yeah, just adds to like what you can do. Yeah, sure, sure. And how much of your, would you say like uh, all of your work is involving something like that now, whether it's like programming or running tracks or using triggers and things like that, is is, is everything like that? Like are you ever just playing a gig just on drums or is there any, is it always extra kind of stuff? Uh, most of the gigs is always going to be some sort of extra in terms of drumming it'd be like yeah just being like programming be able, making sure you know how to like chop samples up and like mm. all that kind of stuff's pretty important now i think yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure and h- how do you do that do you, do you are you using ableton mostly uh, or i'm mostly in pro tools just because that's mm. like what i'm kind of comfortable with I have Ableton, like if I want to get better, that's definitely on the list. <laughs> sure. But yeah, mainly I'm in Pro Tools, yeah. Yeah, wow. Cool, man. Um, okay, so uh, for, 
I guess like, again, like as a whole for both the New Year's gig and the other gigs you do, like, do you have any um, pre-show routines for like staying relaxed and focused and, and kind of like not stressed or as little stress as possible in those kind of environments? <laughs> yeah, I definitely try to warm up. Um, mm. I think it's like, especially, I think it's pretty important, especially if on, if you're going to be either playing for a long time or hitting quite hard, I think it is important to warm up. Mm. I think if you're hitting hard or you're playing for a long period of time and you don't warm up, over, you'd be fine for like a week or two, but over like a long tour, I reckon you'd start to feel it. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of just do like the practice pad thing and I'll just do like uh, go through singles, doubles, paradiddles, and then just a couple of like, I don't know, random exercises that you would do. So I try to do yeah. that and then I try to do um a bit of stretching before obviously i don't do it every time but like if i'm disciplined yeah i'll try to do that yeah 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 cool man that's yeah very yeah interesting stuff and like i agree super important to <laughs> to warm up like yeah physically and and uh and yeah mentally as well i think just like you know getting yourself in the zone i would imagine is like a really important <laughs> thing for for that kind of thing Definitely. um yeah man so awesome this this has been really really interesting like so what what have you got coming up anything uh cool or, or you looking forward to in particular uh, yeah the next tour we're doing is in australia with turns and i and she's supporting um pink in february and march so amazing yeah should be a good cool. one I've never, i don't think i've ever done like a stadium tour ever so i'm pretty pretty excited that'd be awesome <laughs> it'd be All big right. venue so yeah, it'll be exciting. I'll definitely warm up for those. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure that's great. And is that going to be a set that you have that you already know, or are you going to be going to rehearsals for that soon? Yeah, I think we've uh, got four days or five days of rehearsals blocked out. So I assume it will. I mean, obviously, it will be something we've done before. But in terms of the set, I imagine they'll switch it up with like transitions and how they want to run it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah great, man. That's great. Cool. Um, well, uh, this is, like I said, it's been super interesting and fascinating. I know a lot of guys and girls out there are going to find this, uh, yeah, really like insightful to, to hear from you. And, and, and like I said, just absolutely smash that gig. And I was, uh, really happy that you <laughs> could take the time to, to talk about it with me yeah, and, and kind of share your experience with it. Cause, uh, yeah, it's really valuable, um, and, and useful information for a lot of people out there and like super inspiring to hear, hear it you know straight from you so yeah, yeah thank you again man quickly before we wrap it up where can people find you and and, and follow what you're up to yeah i'm on instagram my instagram mm -hmm. is rendon bay which is i think it's like my name in pig Lantern, but i think i did it wrong and i did the sale in high school and i've just left it so that's what it is that's amazing cool. then, right. uh, i've got a youtube that's very unactive and facebook okay. but it's also mildly unactive so. sure Mainly Instagram, but yeah, try to do more, I guess. Instagram, cool. All right. Well, link people to that for sure. Cool, yeah. man. Well, thank you again, Brendan. This has been great. And um, yeah, I hope we can catch up in person again. Uh, well, catch up in person sometime soon. That'd be great. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Thanks, mate. Awesome.